Amen. If you have your Bible, I'm going to get right into the word of the Lord, the book of Luke, chapter 17. And I'll begin reading at verse number 14, Luke 17 and 14. The Bible says, and when he, speaking of Jesus, when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save or except for this stranger. And Jesus says to a returning worshiper, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. And I believe the Lord's going to do that in this house tonight. I feel victory and healing and restoration in this building. And I've come expecting God to do that. Would you help me for the next few moments? Amen. I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm just going to wait till I get about halfway through the message. And I'll give you my title. It'll, it'll give you some hope that I'm halfway done. Amen. But I want us to lift our voices and our hands one more time. And let's ask the Holy Ghost to minister in this house tonight. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the anointing and power of your spirit that is in the sanctuary. I thank you, O oh Lord, for anointed people, God. Lord Jesus, your spirit is already at work in this sanctuary. I pray for the divine will and purpose of God to be fulfilled in this house. Lord, that you would pour out your spirit, God, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would restore and revive and renew. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask it and believe you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, would you take just a moment and give some praise and glory to the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. Ten anonymous men diagnosed with what's considered perhaps to be the most feared and dreaded disease of their time. They have been diagnosed with leprosy, often re referred to as the oldest recorded or known disease in Bible times. Uh, leprosy was a debilitating disease in which many of the Jews considered either to be a punishment for a particular sin or a mark of displeasure of God upon their life. It was a quite painful, infectious disease producing visible sores and white shining spots beneath the skin. The symptoms would start in the skin and the peripheral nervous system and then begin to spread to the hands and the feet and the face and the ears. And victims of leprosy would experience disfigurement of their skin, twisting of the limbs, curling of the fingers to form this characteristic claw hand, if you will, facial changes would uh, take place. And obviously common functions would become very, very complicated. Uh, vocal cords would weaken. It would turn a strong voice into a weak and faint and hoarse whisper. And due to the loss of feeling from the nerve damage, uh, fingers and toes would become mutilated and simply fall off the body. Not only did leprosy infect them, but it also isolated them. Once they were declared to be a leper, 
delivered by the priest the law required for them to live and be quarantined in their own colony on the outside of the camp or the city or the village as a result obviously it would not be long before a leper spirit would become broken considered themselves unworthy of friendship and love and companionship anything or anyone they touched was considered to be as unclean as the leper himself the disease was so revolting that that uh, the leper was not permitted to come within six feet of anybody that was healthy on days that when the wind was blowing some historians tell us they were not allowed within 150 feet of any other people when healthy people would come by that would cover the lower part of their face and they would cry to the best of their ability unclean unclean warning them do not approach and defile your body as well not only did their cry identify them but their appearance identified them they would wear torn garments their hair would go unkept on the surface these men looked undomesticated and barbaric but if you could see beyond the facade of that fevered flesh you would see men who were despondent amen and dejected and desperate I'm not sure who told them the Bible is unclear but somehow word arrived in their little colony that Jesus the miracle worker is going to pass nearby here today and because of their disease they keep their distance but it did not silence the voice of desperation amen as Jesus approaches these men to cry out with their weakened voices Jesus master have mercy upon us because desperate people become radical people when you are desperate for a miracle in your life when you are desperate for a healing and a breakthrough amen you're not worried about whether somebody else is worshiping you're not worried about how you look how you're going to respond amen if anybody's paying attention all that matters to you is I've got to get his attention I cannot afford to let it just pass by me and though their voices have been weakened by leprosy, I find it quite interesting that Jesus would come near enough that a weakened voice could capture his attention. I want to encourage somebody here right now regardless of where you are and how distant you feel and how long you've been away, there's still enough voice left in you. There's still another hallelujah left in you. There's still enough prayer and praise left in you uh, that you can capture the attention of God. You might feel weak, but worship. You might feel lost, but reach for him. You might feel helpless, but pray. Amen. Even if you've got to whisper a hallelujah, if all you can do is wave a hand, do whatever it takes to get his attention. I feel miracle power in this building right now. God, I'm telling you, God's going to make it easy for you to get his attention tonight. It's not going to be hard to pray. It's not going to be hard to be delivered. It's not going to be difficult to receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus is nearby. And Jesus did for them what he does for anybody that mixes faith and desperation. He stops and he responds. Because God, you will never lay faith at the feet of God and watch him turn and walk away. And without any explanation, 
of how their obedience is going to be rewarded. Jesus simply said, go show yourselves to the priest. Amen. The command put these lepers in a very unique situation. Amen. Because the only time a leper went back to the priest was to be inspected for healing. These men had a difficult choice to make. Amen. Imagine what they're thinking. We don't feel better. We don't look better. Amen. We still have fever in our body. And you're telling me that it is time for a healing inspection. How do you respond to a word from God when it contradicts your circumstance? When what you see and how you feel are opposed to what thus saith the Lord. Let me help somebody here right now. It's very simple. You just do what God said anyway. You just move in faith anyway. You act on the word because the word of God carries you beyond the realm of common knowledge and moves you into a realm of faith and the miraculous. Sometimes you just got to worship in faith. Sometimes you just got to move in faith. And the Bible said that as they went, they were cleansed. The thing they were pursuing began to pursue them. It began to overtake them. Every step, healing started coming. Fever began to degrade. Strength came into decaying limbs. Amen. Pain began to subside. And one of them, when he realized he was healed, we met with a voice a few moments ago that had been weakened by leprosy. The scripture says, when he saw that he he was healed. He quickly came to a decision. Amen. Now with a loud voice, he's glorifying God. When he realized he was healed, he quickly came to the conclusion protocol and priests can wait, but my praise can't. I've got to stop right here and praise him for what he's doing in this moment. Oh, I feel Holy Ghost right now. Somebody ought to lift up a praise to the Lord. I feel that power sweeping through this building right now. Jesus said, did I not cleanse ten? Where are the nine? Only this one has returned to praise me. And he says to him, sir, arise. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So how is it that 10 men can attend the same church service? Hear the same message by the same preacher. And nine of them walk out saying, I did not get anything out of that service tonight. I felt a little something, but it really wasn't a whole lot. And another go dancing through the door saying, tonight, God, you did everything I needed, everything I wanted, everything I prayed for. I really think the answer is this. Some people don't receive what they need simply because they don't respond when the Spirit begins to move upon them. That one leper's praise did something for him that the other's lack of praise could not do. That's why worshipers are always witnessing miracles. It's not coincidental. It's not happenstance that the same people you see dancing and shouting and worshiping are also the same ones who are the first to jump up and testify about how God made a way and how God provided and how God came through because your praise 
activates the power of God. If you need a miracle, you ought to praise him right now. If you need something, you ought to praise him right now. Feared God, shunned evil, the greatest man of the East. Amen. God had blessed Job with seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, but the devil put him on trial for the sincerity of his faith. And then one day he lost it all. You talk about a bad day. Before one messenger could finish his report, he's interrupted by another. The Savians have come. They've taken away the, the oxen and donkeys. They killed your servants. I'm the only one that escaped. The fire of God fell. It burned up the sheep, killed the servants. I'm the only one that escaped. Chaldeans have taken the camels and slain your servants. I am the only one that escaped. Even the wind for the wilderness blew. The house collapsed. Your sons, daughters, and servants have died. I am the only one who escaped. Three friends who come to come him instead of mostly and verbally persecute him his wife said so why don't you curse God and die but when you are going through a trial you can't let your enemy do your thinking for you he's alone tormented confused and against popular opinion against his wife's advice he arose and rent his mantle shaved his head fell on the ground and began to worship and he said naked came I out of my mother's womb naked shall I return the Lord gave and the Lord had taken away but whether God is giving or God is taking he did not say the Lord gave, blessed be the name of the Lord, and the Lord took away. He said God gives and God takes. Blessed. So whether he's given or God's taken, my response will always be, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And in the end, God gave to Job twice as much as he lost. Because praising God through the problem will end the problem. And praising God for the blessing will extend the blessing. There is something about your worship. There is something about your praise that he loves. I know the birds can sing and the ocean waves can roar. But nothing moves the heart of God like your song. Nothing moves God like your praise. You want to get God on his feet? Get your hand in the air and hallelujah coming out of your mouth in your darkest moment praise ye the Lord ah. oh I feel the Holy Ghost right now At the sound of the music, they were told, you bow down and worship the image that has been erected. Are you going to be thrown into the furnace? But with unwavering faith, they said, our God, who is able to deliver us, he will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But if not, there is no plan B. I am convinced tonight that hell cannot do much with a person that's got a made-up mind. If you want to live for God, you can. If you want to be victorious, you can. If you want deliverance, you can. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, you can. Somebody, you got to get it settled right here. The greatest battle you'll ever fight is not with the devil. It's right here. And if you ever get it settled here, there's not a devil in hell that could stop you. 
Come on, Seth. Why don't you turn the tables on the devil and make him feel like a lion in a den of Daniels? Uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They said, we're not going to bow down because our worship is not based on what we can get out of it. It's based on what we found in it. So if we have to walk through the fire. We are willing to do so. And they exit the furnace without even the smell of smoke on their garment because their devotion and their dedication and their worship preserved them and protected them. Hear me right now. Your commitment will keep you. Your praise will protect you. Your worship will work it all out. So what is it that ten former lepers, one rich man, and three Hebrews have in common? I can almost, if you'll allow me just a little bit of liberty here right now, I can almost hear the conversation of the ten men at the Surviving Lepers Conference. Nine of them express gratitude just to be alive, reunited with their families, and integrated back in society. And though obvious scars and missing members are telling their story, they're just happy that we are healed of leprosy. But they look at the tenth man and say, there is something different about you. You weren't just healed, but all of your members have been restored. Amen. You've got both ears, all toes, all fingers. You don't even limp anymore. You don't look like you ever had leprosy a day in your life. Go to Job's house and now everybody wants to be friends with Job. Look at you. You have more cattle, more wealth, twice as much as you ever had. You don't look like somebody that's ever been to the bottom and lost it all. I can hear the enemies and the soldiers of the Hebrews saying to them, your flesh isn't warm. Your hair isn't sins. You don't smell like the fire you walk through. You don't look like somebody that just stepped out of a fire. What I'm trying to say and what I want to title the message is, is you don't look like what you have been through. I said you don't look like what you've been through. I'm preaching to somebody, my God, that feels like a leper. You've been discarded, abandoned, and left alone. Every day's been a... Every day's been a dissonance. It's not what you had planned. You've asked God to help you. I'm here to tell you your help is here right now. By faith, you ought to thank God for the help that's in the house. Maybe God hasn't done everything you want him to do yet. But what he has done thus far merits your worship. I feel restoration in this house right now. When he realized he was healed, he began to worship God. Because instead of waiting on perfection, sometimes you just got to praise God on progress. You ought to just start praising God that you're not where you were last week. Well, when I get everything worked out... When it's all said and done, they're going to see me shout and dance. Why don't you just praise God on the progress you're making right now? Thank God you're not where you were last month. Thank God you're, you're further down the road. 
I know it's not easy, but if you can get a hand back in the air and a hallelujah coming out of your mouth, I'm telling somebody, when you get through worshiping tonight, you're not going to look like everything you've been through because God's going to heal you. God's going to do more than touch you. God is going to make you completely whole. I said God's going to make you whole. Go ahead and praise him right now. Come on. He turned and glorified. Your praise point will always be the turning point. You want it to turn, just praise. You want it to turn, just worship. God's going to make you whole right now. Somebody lift your voice and magnify God. There's healing in this building right now. All the hurt, God's going to heal you right now. Everything you've been through, amen, God's going to heal you right now. I'm preaching to a Job. Everything's been stripped from you. Amen. Hell's tried to take your family, your peace, your ministry, your anointing, your sense of self-worth, and your possessions. But the one thing hell couldn't take from you is the one thing it never could take from Job. You never lost your praise. So in the face of your trial, in the face of your adversity, you ought to say, Amen, I still have a praise and I gotta get it out I may not have a job but I get a praise I may not have an answer but I get a praise I may have a I've got a praise blessed be the name of the Lord go ahead sir go ahead ma'am praise God God's getting ready to restore more than you lost I said God's going to restore more than you lost. Reach over and pray for the person next to you right now. I feel healing and restoration in this house. I know the people have been through what you've been through, but you're not going to look like them because God's on your side. You're not going to look like them because your praise is going to bring you out. It's going to restore. God's going to restore your family. He's going to restore what has been taken from you. Come on, I know it's not easy to praise when you're hurting. It's not easy to praise when you've been stripped. But go go ahead and worship. He's restoring. I feel healing flowing in this house right now. I'm preaching to somebody that's felt the pressure to bow down and give in. Hold on. Stand your ground and worship God. When you come out of this, you're not going to look like what you've been through. There is restoration coming to your house and healing coming to your house. <laughs> 
Some of you walked in this building tonight. You scanned this congregation and you have watched people rejoice and dance and shout. And you say, well, they can do that because they never had any trouble in their life. Let me just let you in on a little secret. Amen. We all have past and priors that we're not proud of. We haven't always been preachers and Sunday school teachers and ushers and singers. We know what it's like to be bound by the change of sin. But when we repented of our sin and was baptized in the name of Jesus and the blood covered us, now we don't look like what we've been through. I got a new name, a new identity. The cross is my new family tree. And he's here to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He's here to change your life. I need a prayer warrior to help me right now. I need a prayer warrior to help me right now. Come on, you've been down a path. It's changed your home, your family. Amen. Amen. But if you will praise God, God's going to change you right now. Well, let's worship God in this house. I feel victory in this place. I feel restoration in this house. Get ready, get ready. It's coming. Amen. The Holy Ghost. Amen. Victory and restoration is coming to you. I'm preaching to a Paul that feels like you've been shipwrecked and snake bitten and everybody's waiting for you to die. Hell's tried to pump you with venom poison. Your praise take your life. Hell expected you to give up and die. The devil planned on you waving the flag of surrender. He thought he'd convince you don't show up. Don't go to church. Quit. The fact that you're here has shocked the gates of hell. Your enemy expected you to sit there in your despair and defeat. But what hell's not expecting is for you to dust yourself off. Put on your garment of praise and get in your feet and say rejoice. Not against me, oh my enemy. I will not look like what I have been through. All across this house, lift your hands. Lift your voice. I know there's people in this altar. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost reaching for others. God's here to restore you right now. If you've been through some stuff, amen, hell's come against you. The life has happened to you. Why don't you step in this aisle and begin to worship God right now? Come on, that which should have eliminated you is getting ready to elevate you. That thing that was supposed to paralyze you is getting ready to propel you to where the Spirit of God's taken you. You will not look like everything you have been through. (laughs) 
What have I got to do? You just begin to worship God. There's something that's going to transpire in your worship. I'm not talking about just a little phrase, but I'm talking about something way down deep. Amen. The very reservoir of your soul. Uh, begin to cry out to the Lord. You might want to tell your neighbor, let me out. Give me a little room because I'm getting ready to worship God like I've never worshiped before. I don't have time to be cute. I don't have time to fit in. I'm praising for my life. I'm worshiping for my family. I'm praising for my miracle. I'm going to dance my trouble away. I'm going to shout until I don't look like everything that I've been through in my life. Come on, I feel healing in this building right now. There is spiritual and emotional healing in this house right now. There is restoration in this house right now. I'm asking you to find somebody nearby you. Lift their hand up and with everything inside of you begin to worship God. With everything in you begin to worship God. There is a healing that's going to happen. That which you need is going to overtake you in your worship. Come on, let's find somebody to pray with. Find somebody to worship with. Hallelujah, there's restoration in this house right now. Come on, the hand of God is upon you. God's not through with you. It's not over. Worship till you change. Worship till it changes you right